0: Welcome to Shiar Jashub, brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shiar Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing with the in-depth, through-the-Bible series entitled, Heavenly Authority. So let's join my husband, Pastor Greg, as he begins the Sunday Sermon
1: as we pick up the series on heavenly authority today i'll read from luke chapter six and verse one now it happened on the second sabbath after the first that he went through the grain fields and his disciples plucked the heads of grain and ate them rubbing them in their hands and some of the Pharisees said to them, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? But Jesus answered them and said, Have you not even read this, What David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he went into the house of God, took and ate the showbread, and also gave some to those with him, which is not lawful for any, but the priests to eat. And he said to them, The Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. In this section, the disciples are hungry, and they take the grain, and they're eating some grain as they walk along in the field. They rub them in their hands, they get the kernels out, and they are rebuked by the Pharisees for doing this on the Sabbath day. And Jesus gives them an example of how the spirit of the law takes priority over the letter of the law and he points to David and what happened to David at the time that we're studying now in 1st Samuel when he was fleeing from Saul and he uses the example of how this anointed one with his men were allowed to eat the showbread that was meant for the priest. Now the showbread or the consecrated bread Sometimes it's called the holy bread. It was the bread that was placed in the tabernacle. Uh, It was set forth, the bread that is set forth, literally, or the bread of the presence. They were 12 loaves, 12 loaves of fine bread made with fine flour, and they're placed on the gold table in the tabernacle every Sabbath, symbolizing God's continual presence, symbolizing his provision for his people. Some sources say it was every day. Um, In Leviticus chapter 24 and verse 5, uh, And you shall take fine flour and bake twelve cakes with it. Two tenths of an ephah shall be in each cake. You shall set them in two rows, six in a row, on the pure gold table before the Lord. And you shall put frankincense on each row, that it may be on the bread for a memorial, an offering made by fire to the Lord. Every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord continually, being taken from the children of Israel by an everlasting covenant. And it shall be for Aaron and his sons, so the priests, and they shall eat it in a holy place, for it is most holy to him, from the offerings of the Lord made by fire, by a perpetual statute. Uh, In Exodus chapter 25 and verse 30, And you shall set the showbread on the table before me always. It was to be there all the time. A continual reminder of of the provision of God brought by the offerings of the people. We're told, I believe in Chronicles, that the Levites would bake it. And then they would place it out, these 12, obviously symbolizing the 12 tribes. They would have on the rose even perfume to make a pleasing aroma. And these 12 loaves, these 12 cakes of bread, would be placed there. And then they would be replaced. And the ones that were taken off were meant for the priests, Aaron and his sons, to eat. Jesus uses the example. He here as the anointed one with his disciples, he's in a very special service for the Father. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. That takes preeminence. And he shows them another one. He is the anointed one, the Messiah, the son of David. And he points back to David. He reminds them of how David with his men, how they were allowed to eat the bread that was meant for the priest. And how the human needs of God's workers is more important than the legalistic keeping of the law. And they're really not doing any regular work, are they? Jesus' disciples are not actually harvesting. They're not making money. They're not working in customary work. They're simply taking a few grains and eating it because they're very hungry doing God's work. And the Pharisees are being very petty, trying to catch them on a legalistic ground. And you see here... The contrast between legalistic religion, devoid of the spirit, institutional religion, devoid of the spirit, versus those serving God, spirit-filled, to walk with God in his service. This is the one they're waiting for, the Messiah. And the best they can do is pick on the fact that his disciples, those helping him, are eating some grain from the field on the Sabbath day obviously taking the law and stretching it to a point it was never meant to be stretched to. And Jesus shows them how the law declares that bread, that show bread, that bread of the presence, that holy bread was meant only for the priests, and yet David and his men, when they were fleeing, when they were hungry, they were allowed to eat of that bread. Let's uh, Today, that's what we want to focus on is, what happens in this account that Jesus is referring to, and it's in 1 Samuel chapter 21. 1 Samuel 21, and we'll start at verse 1. David has fled from Saul. Jonathan has warned him of Saul's serious intentions to kill him. There's no doubt about it now. He has had to flee the court, he's lost his home. We know he'll lose his wife, Saul will give it to another. He's lost his military position. Obviously, there's some young men that are still in his service that are with him, that are close to him. He's lost the protection and the encouragement that he had when he was at the court from Jonathan. He's had to leave Samuel, and he's on his own. And remember where we started last time, What we're contrasting in this section is the reaction of Saul to God's anointed compared to the reaction of David to God's anointed. And we entitled the section, Touch Not My Anointed. The key scripture was from 1 Chronicles chapter 16, uh, verse 21, also Psalm 105, verse 15, where it says, He permitted no man to do them wrong. Yes, he rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. Do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Now, that commandment will be obeyed by David, and we've seen and we will see that Saul does not take it seriously. David flees from Saul's court to Nob. Nob is a small town that was allotted to the priests in the territory of Benjamin. It was just north of Jerusalem, about two miles it seems that the tabernacle is now set up there. Um, remember, the ark had been in Kirjat It will return to there. It will return to there. That's from where David um, takes it to bring it up to Jerusalem. But it probably is here in Nob at this time, because in this section, chapter 21, the phrase before the Lord is said several times. Uh, and they would inquire of the Lord at Nob. And Ahimelech is the priest here, probably the high priest. He's very likely the Ahijah that we had read about back in chapter 14. Remember, in chapter 14, verse 3, when Jonathan defeated the Philistines, it says, Ahijah, the son of Ahitub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing an ephod. And then it says down in verse 18 of chapter 14, and Saul said to Hijah bring the ark of God here, for at that time the ark of God was with the children of Israel. So this Ahimelech is the son of tub the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli. And we studied this back when we studied Eli and the curse that was placed upon his house because of his disobedience. So you have the high priest, you have the tabernacle, and that's where David flees to. And David is obviously afraid. He doesn't know quite where to go. So it makes sense that one place that would come to mind would be to go to the tabernacle, to go to the priests, and try to get some help there. Verse 1 of chapter 21 in 1 Samuel, Now David came to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid when he met David and said to him, Why are you alone? And no one is with you. Ahimelech senses something's not right. Maybe he's afraid of Saul himself, knowing that Saul's gone mad. And when he sees David, David is Saul's ambassador, so to speak. And he's alone, and he's maybe afraid because of that. Maybe he senses something from David's countenance. Uh, David, obviously, is afraid at this point, in shock over Jonathan's conclusive findings, and maybe that makes him afraid when he sees David alone. Maybe he knows something of the tension in the court. Whatever, he sees David and he's afraid. And he says, why are you alone? Why is no one with you? Verse 2, so David said to Hemelech the priest, the king has ordered me on some business and said to me, Do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you, or what I commanded you. And I have directed my young men to such and such a place. Now that would seem to be true, that David had some young men that were still with him that he had waiting at some place, based on the fact that Jesus, we just read it in Luke, told us that he shared the showbread with the men that were with him. But the first part is clearly a lie. He's not on the king's business. He says, the king has ordered me on some business, and do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you. And that's how David is trying to explain the fact that he's all alone, he has nothing, and he's there before the high priest, by saying, well, Saul has sent me. And it's a lie. And a lie can gain a person temporarily the things they want. But in the long term, the sin of lying brings a terrible end. And this simple lie, so that Ahimelech would not question and not be any more inquisitive why David was alone, we'll see leads to a series of events that brings tragedy, terrible tragedy, to Ahimelech, to all the priests at Nob, to their families, to the entire town. This deception will have very tragic results by just simply saying he's on a secret business from Saul rather than telling the priest he's fleeing from Saul because Saul wants to kill him.
0: As always, we would greatly enjoy hearing from you. Our address is Shiar Jashub, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 064, Though our P.O. box is in Brantford, our Sunday service is at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Service is at 10 a.m., and the hall can be reached by taking I-95 to exit 61. Go south on Route 79 to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We pray the Lord Jesus blesses you as you grow in the knowledge of Him.